Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hello, hello! Yes, I'm back. It's time to visit the Fandom Nexus again. Little division here in Neverland where all fandoms come together. And you and I get to come together every time we have a new episode. I'd like to be able to say every week, but, uh, you know, I had to take a week off. We had Labor Day weekend. I really needed a day. I really just slept. (laughs) I laid around in bed all day. Labor Day weekend, and I had plans to get the show. I even had plans to get the show done here this past Saturday, but didn't quite get it rolling. And I am I am behind on movie reviews. I meant to review Reminiscence for you. I was meant to review Shang-Chi. Which now I have seen both of those movies, and I will re- be reviewing both of those. Reminiscence I actually watched a long time ago, and Shang-Chi I did go to the theater. I went with Lost Boy Philip to go to see Shang-Chi, and of course my wife. Of course, at the time that I'm recording this, neither one of them are available to join me. Eric's also got a bit of a cold, so he hasn't been on the show in a long time. Lost Boy Philip, though, yeah, he's getting some tests run. Uh, been checking on some health for him the, for this week. He's got a long week probably ahead for him. So uh, those of you that pray, please send some prayers over to him. And also that, of course, that Eric's throat gets better. He's had a bit of a cough when I was talking to him. So he wasn't th- wasn't thinking he'd be able to make it. 
But nonetheless, we're going to have a great time on the show today. I've got a lot of things to be able to talk about and a lot of fun to have. So let's get right down to business. All right, so the first thing that I want to talk about, of course, is what have you been watching? Well, I'm still watching. I'm marathoning Friends, and I'm in, I think I'm in the eighth season now, and my goodness, the uh, the amount of guest stars that they had on that series, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. It really is. It is a lot. Uh, I mean, I've seen everybody from, let's see, you know, we've even had some Marvel uh, people, you know, Mar- Paul Rudd is a regular character named Mike here in this season. He's somebody dating Phoebe. Uh, let's see. I think we've had some other people who have ended up in Marvel movies as well. Well, Jeff Goldblum. I just actually saw an episode with Jeff Goldblum as a uh, guest part. I think I only the one episode. I haven't watched the episode after that one yet. But it's, you know, there's two people right there who have been part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe already. And, of course, you know, I would really like to see Courtney Cox pop up at, uh, say, PowerCon, which PowerCon was just this past weekend. If you don't know, PowerCon is a Masters of the Universe convention. And I don't know if Courtney Cox has ever made an appearance there or at any convention for her role in the original Masters of the Universe movie. But I think she'd be very welcome to uh, to put in an appearance, right? I think she would. I think we'd all just get a kick out of it if she come and attended a panel and talked about Masters of the Universe to get Dolph Lundgren and... Um, Oh, I can't think of the actor's name, but, you know, the actor who played, he was in Back to the Future as well, um, played Strickland, you know, uh, he's in Masters of the Universe as well. It'd be kind of fun to see what he's been up to. I don't know if he's still alive. He was, he's kind of older. He should be still kicking around somewhere, but I don't know. Other things I've been watching is, you know, of course, I've been trying to keep up on What If. Uh, I was, I did watch What If Zombies, but I, I think I dozed off somewhere in the middle of it. And I did see at least one review saying that they were a little disappointed in it. And I'm like, well, maybe I got bored. I don't, I don't understand. I, I fell asleep watching it. It was kind of neat to see. I think I'm just kind of burned out on zombies uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways in entertainment. I mean, I still enjoy Resident Evil games. And right now I've been playing The Evil Within. That's what I've been playing this week. And we have been streaming it over on the official Neverland gaming channel. When you have to, when you look for it, you really have to make sure you look for the official Neverland gaming channel. It's very specific to that. But I've been playing that, and of course it's got zombie-ish style things, but uh, these are intelligent monsters that are actually able to fire guns at me. And I think that's kind of unfair in the game, actually. I am out of ammunition at the point where I'm at in the game. I'm really out of ammo, and yet I have enemies that have guns. And if I manage to take one down, it does not let me take their ammo. What is up with that? (laughs) Right? Uh, So I'm kind of, you know, though I'm past the zombie thing, as I was saying before. So what if zombies I need to try to watch? But I think it is kind of neat that they've included that because the Marvel zombie, that's been kind of a thing for a while now. And I don't know that there's been a comic book of it. I've never seen a comic of it, but I've seen artwork. Uh, I think there was even talk of a toy line of Marvel zombies. This is a thing for a lot of people. So for me, I'm not really, I haven't really been into it, but it was kind of interesting to see. And also a slightly different take on zombie with the, you know, having the Avengers turn into zombies and still be actually quite capable. So that was very interesting. So, yeah, that's 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 been the kind of the, my thought on that is like, you know, well, there it is. So, yeah, that's pretty much the main things I've been watching other than I continually watch YouTube videos. But I figure it's time for us to move on. So let's move on.
spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Well, first thing I want to mention is we had the uh, Creative Arts Emmys, and there are some winners here that are, I think, of importance to us. The Mandalorian, Matthew Jensen, for episode chapter 15, The Believer, on Disney+. Plus. Outstanding cinematography for a single-camera series, half hour. Uh, other ones, let me scan through here. Because I did see... WandaVision, there it is. Episode filmed before a live studio audience for outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes. Now, I don't know, I can't think off the top of my head what episode that was directly, but, you know, the costumes were very, very cool in that. And even, because, um, you know, they had that retro style in a lot of the episodes, and even when they had the Halloween costumes that were kind of nods to the actual comic book outfits, that was very, very cool. So that does not surprise me that they would get something for costumes. Uh, we also have WandaVision as winner for Outstanding Production Design for a Narrative Program, half-hour format, which there's two for WandaVision. Mandalorian also won Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup on the episode Chapter 13, The Jedi. Which very, I mean, uh, yeah, we, we had a lot of good makeup stuff because it is Star Wars, not to mention we did get to see uh, Ahsoka, which was very, very cool. I should have collected these beforehand, but uh, I only just recently found out about that there was all these winners, and so I'm having to look them up as we're going. Uh, the Mandalorian also won episode thir chapter 13, The Jedi, outstanding sound mixing for a comedy or drama series, one hour. I do want to throw in here also that Yendi Tartakovsky's Primal won for outstanding animated program for an episode called Plague of Madness. Now, I have not watched any of this. Uh, I did cut the uh, cord, so I don't have cable anymore, so I don't really have Cartoon Network, but Gendy Tartakovsky has produced a lot of interesting series over his career. Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation. It's a juried award. We have some actually a winner, of a lot of different winners for a different, uh, you know, type of shows. But The Simpsons, Nick Ranieri, he's a lead character layout artist, won for the episode Wad Goals. Also got WandaVision as a winner for the episode Breaking the Fourth Wall for the song Agatha All Along for Outstanding Original Music and Lyrics. And I believe that's one of the songs written actually by the same team who brought us the music in the Frozen films. I think a, a few other things they've worked on for Disney now as well. Outstanding special visual effects in a season or a movie, the winner being The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Star Trek Discovery actually did get an award for outstanding special visual effects in a single episode. I haven't been watching that one. Uh, outstanding Stunt Coordination, winner The Mandalorian, which actually won over The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. The Mandalorian also won for Outstanding Stunt Performance for the episode Chapter 16, The Rescue. Hamilton on Disney Plus was a winner for Outstanding Technical Direction, Camera Work, Video Control for a Special. Now, the rest of the Primetime Emmy Awards are actually going to be given out on September 19th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That'd be 7 p.m. my time. It's going to live stream on both CBS. Well, of course, CBS will have it just live, but it will stream on Paramount Plus for premium subscribers. Which I have noticed, like, Paramount Plus also carries any football games that are on CBS. I thought I was going to watch on Paramount Plus the Chiefs playing uh, this week, but, you know, CBS comes in pretty good with an antenna, so <laughs> I was able to do that. Now, there's another bit of news that I found to be a bit surprising. Owen Wilson, according to The Hollywood Reporter, is going to be starring in Disney's Haunted Mansion. 
Now, I don't know that things have been going the way we had expected, because uh, we were hearing, um, not Mike Magnoli, he's the creator of Hellboy, but, um, oh, the director of Hellboy, you know, he was supposed to be working on, and it's, it's been so long that he is, he was expressed interested. Uh, Guillermo del Toro has, he expressed interest in creating a Haunted Mansion film, but uh, I don't know that he's involved anymore. According to this article, it says Owen Wilson has joined the cast. Uh, this is a family adventure spook fest, of course, based on theme park rides. Uh, he's joining Lakeith Stanfield and Tiffany Haddish in a roll call for production as described as an ensemble in nature. Uh, now, Justin Simeon, who previously helmed Dear White People and Bad Hair, is making his big-budget studio debut, debut by directing the feature project from a script by Katie Dippold. Dan Lin and Jonathan Erick, who produced Disney's billion-dollar grossing live-action remake of Aladdin, are producing via their Rideback banner. That's what it says. Now, as you you heard, no Guillermo del Toro mentioned at all. I was really kind of looking forward to it. Now, they're t- with them saying that they've got some of the people who uh, worked on the live-action remake of Aladdin, and uh, I know a lot of you liked Aladdin. I uh, It was okay. It was okay. It was nothing really for me to get excited about. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, I want a good Haunted Mansion movie. I, I don't have high expectations, although I do love Owen Wilson, and I would like to see what he brings to the table. But I don't have high hopes for this. I don't really even have high hopes for the Muppets Haunted Mansion coming October eighth. It's going to be uh, approximately forty-eight minutes. And according to the Muppet Wiki, it says the special t- will take place on Halloween when Gonzo is challenged to spend the night in the Haunted Mansion. According to Disney's announcement, the special will feature a star-studded Muppets cast, celebrity cameos, all new music, and spooky fun for families to enjoy together. The special features three new original songs, Rest in Peace, Life Hereafter, and Tie the Knot Tango. The special is notably the first Muppet production to utilize LED wall technology to create virtual sets. And expected in there is Gonzo, Pepe the King Prawn, Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Beautiful Day Monster. No idea. Beverly Plume and Howard Tubman as Happy Haunts. Sam the Eagle and Pops as the Duelist. Chip as Pickwick, the Chandelier Ghost. Crazy Harry as Alexander Nitrokoff. He's the man in the dynamite portrait. Janice as Sally Slater, the tightrope walker. Link Hogthrob, Dr. Julie Strangepork, and Miss Poogie as Quicksand Men and the Caretaker's Dog. Human cast includes Darren Chris as the caretaker. Singing bus will be Jeffrey Niley as Uncle Theodore, Pat Zajac, Craig Robinson, Sky Jackson, and Justina Mikado. So, yeah, I... Really what Disney has done with the Muppets uh, the last few outings, I've not been impressed with. I really haven't been. It's been a disappointment uh, for me, so... And I think I mentioned this before when the announcement. I mean, I love the Haunted Mansion. I do love the Muppets. But, and I, you know, the mixture of it but it should be good, but I, I don't really have big high expectations. Sony PlayStation had a lot of announcements though this week for some new games, and I think I can play the audio for at least this one. I know, not a lot going on so far. For as long as I can remember, I have looked for an equal. One who could push me. 
could surprise me. One who could even beat me. Yet all I found is disappointment. Will one of you finally give me what I desire? So this was the uh, teaser they gave us for Marvel Spider-Man 2 coming 2023. Looks to be a PS5 exclusive from Insomniac Games, which Insomniac Games did such a great job with that first Spider-Man game. Uh, I've only played a little bit of the Miles Morales. I'm waiting until I can get a PS5 myself because I want to play that to its full extent instead of getting the PS4 version, although I might cave one of these days. Who knows? But I kind of want to wait and play it to the full extent of what the PS5 can do. And what we get to see here in this teaser, we're hearing the voice uh, from what I've heard. That is Craven the Hunter, and you can kind of hear the accent. So I think that the people are right that that is Craven the Hunter, who might be the main villain here. We also in an alleyway, and you hear the voice at the end. That's Venom. Now, the question I would have with Venom is, and I don't want to spoil the first game too much for you, but we get a little hint there, kind of a, an end credit scene that the Venom symbiote might be somehow another connected with Harry Osborn this time in this alternate universe. So this might be Harry, which we kind of, like I said, we kind of got teased. And I don't know if we're going to get to see a Green Goblin out of Norman at this time. I have no idea because I don't think he's become the Green Goblin in the this game universe, the game reverse, I think they're calling it. So, but we also did see Miles Morales there with Peter Parker's Spider-Man, which makes me wonder how cool would this be if you could maybe play online or co-op in some other fashion, you could have somebody playing as Peter, somebody playing as Miles, and you can play together. I would have so much fun getting my buddy Philip in here and us playing this together. I would have so much fun with that. That seems like a great idea. And there's been a lot of great collaborative games. Uh, I can't even think of the name of this one. I haven't played it, but uh, I think it's called A Way Out, and it deals with two guys getting out of prison. It turns out one of them is actually an undercover cop trying to investigate something, but you have to work cooperatively together, and you each have your own tasks to complete uh, in order to for you both to advance. And doing something like that would really be a lot of fun. But yeah, this is coming out. It's meant to be a single-player adventure at this time. That's what they're announcing it. But, you know, some sort of online play where somebody was playing as Miles and somebody's playing as Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker, I would, that, oh, that would be so great. I would really, really enjoy that. Now, what we have also found out, Tony Todd of Candyman fame will be voicing Venom. Uh, I am not familiar with that. I haven't watched any Candyman movies. I don't know if it's the newer one or the, uh, the old Candyman films. I have no idea. But we've got Brian Intahar as a creative director and Ryan Smith, who's the game director. Also, they do have the original voice actors back, Yuri Lowenthal and Najee Jeter to ask Peter and Miles. So, you know, just really good stuff. Now, as the surprise thing that they mentioned, Wolverine. Now, I don't think I can play the audio from its teaser because it's, you know, there's like a jukebox playing some song back in the background and, you know, copyright. 
So that's also the reason I'm not going to be playing the audio from uh, another trailer that came out last week to be able to talk about. But we don't know much about this Wolverine game. And really, all we see is we see somebody's back and they're sitting there at the bar. You can see that their hands or knuckles kind of have some blood like they've been in a fight. There looks like a lot of people on the ground. One person kind of gets up behind him, pulls a knife, and then we, we zoom into the person sitting at the bar's hands and the, whew, the claws come out. And we know that is, that's good old Logan right there. There's Wolverine. Don't know much about this. This says, you know, they just announced that this is even happening, but it is Insomniac. And considering how well they've handled Spider-Man, I would like to see what they do with Wolverine. So, uh, and it's very early development right now. So hopefully uh, Insomniac's going to continue to do as well for Marvel as uh, Rocksteady has been doing for the DC franchises with Batman, the Arkham games, and also the upcoming Suicide Squad game and Arkham Knights is it, or Gotham Knights. I think it's the next game they've got coming out, uh, which does look very interesting. Something else that got announced was a Knights of the Old Republic Star Wars being remade. Uh, this actually has never been on a PlayStation before. Uh, I do have it on my Xbox 360. I have it here on the PC. I have both both of those games on my PC. I hadn't realized it had never been on, on PlayStation before, but the interesting thing is Bioware is not making this remake. Yeah, I know. That surprises you, right? They made the original. And so I don't know. I mean, this is Aspire Media working with Lucasfilm's game, Lucasfilm Games, remaking this thing. From, it says from the ground up. Now, I would hope that they don't... Ch I, I, I wouldn't change the story or anything. I mean, this thing was darn near perfect. You know, sprucing up the graphics a bit... Maybe adding some different game mechanics. But, I mean, this was a darn near perfect Star Wars game. So, I'm hoping with this remake they don't really change a whole lot. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Something else that's coming up. Uh, I think I can play this audio. Guardians of the Galaxy. You came here seeking truth. The matriarch wishes to share it with you. United in the light of belief, all suffering, all grief will end. Oh! Ah! Ah! What's wrong with you? Oh, I think. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm having a heart attack. Cease this at once. Ah. Osmo! How you doing, buddy? Grand Unifier Aker, leader of the Church of Truths. During that ritual with the priests, they kept talking about a promise. It was like they were drinking funky juice or something. Or joined the cult. So let us investigate for you. Always a catch, Peter Quill. And not fun kind with bull. Hey, world mind, long time no see. The current probability of defeating the Universal Church of Truth is 0.3%. Is that bad? It sounds bad. It is. I hope you've got one hell of a speech plan, Peter. That makes two of us. I'll take you to the stars. Follow me! Show you who we are! We're spiders with no name. By rejecting the promise, you have proven yourselves unworthy, and you must be destroyed!
That was completely intentional. The Milano's on her way. Thanks, bud. So Guardians of the Galaxy is expected to come out October 26th for the PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox Series X and X, and Xbox One. And they even have, you can pre-order it now. There's lots of fun special features uh, for pre-orders. This, uh, I'm not sure exactly who made this one, you know? Let's see. Uh, It doesn't really say. But it does remind me a lot of the the Avengers game where it was like, oh, well, it seems to be they kind of focused a little too much on being able to play it online and didn't get enough in the single player. And I've tried uh, playing it over the streaming service the PlayStation had for a while. And I don't know, the Avengers game, I, I wanted to really like it, but I was like, yeah, you know, I, it didn't hold my interest. It really didn't. By the time I got to where I was doing the missions that were, I guess, you could start, you know, similar to the online style, it, it wasn't that interesting. It wasn't that fun. But hopefully this is different. Uh, I think Squaresoft did make this, but I'm not 100% certain. Uh, this might have some different manufacturers, and I have not looked. But uh, here's the description it has. 12 years ago, a massive galactic war swept across the cosmos. Star-Lord, seeing opportunity for adventure and profit in a universe that's finally moving on, recently formed the Guardians of the Galaxy to sell those services as heroes for hire. But now, a grand organization known as the Universal Church of Truth promises to bring back everything that was lost in the galactic war. Powered by their faith, they're spreading their beliefs to more and more worlds. It'll soon be up to the Guardians of the Galaxy to save the galaxy. No guts, no glory. And the last little bit at the end of the trailer where where Rocket is there saying, hey, you know, I th- yeah, this was intentional. He's got this com- glitching computer behind him and it says the mulatto's on his way. There's a little bit of one of his whiskers that's on fire and Groot's finger kind of hand comes in there and squishes out the little flame. And that's why he's like, thanks, bud. Uh, it's a real, it's it's an old joke, but it's just always fun, really. It's it's a good joke. <laughs> that's what it like. It's a good joke. And I liked it. OK. So, uh, on from that into some bad news, Mirage Studios is officially gone. They completely are owned by Nickelodeon. They sold it to them back in 2009. Now, Mirage Studios, of course, was the original company with uh, with Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. And the joke of being at Mirage was that it's, you know, it's not really a real studio. We're in a, our basement in a garage so selling Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then Mirage is also through licensing that had, like, toys, movies, and everything. Nickelodeon's got it all now. Uh, Mirage is officially going completely under. They're done. And that's pretty sad. Also, on some other not-so-happy news, Tom Kane, uh, as we mentioned before, uh, well, that he, he had a stroke uh, a while back. He's got a new P.O. box that you can send him some, some fan mail, some thank yous, some well wishes, that kind of thing. Uh, they are, I, I think he was supposed to have a way where you, you could ask for an autograph. Uh, you can purchase autograph things. He can still sign stuff. He just can't speak. Now, Sammy Kane has been using his Facebook page. Sammy Kane said on a post, because of this stroke, my dad has been forced into early retirement. The damage to his speech center is just too severe. He cannot read well nor get out the words he wants, which is sort of required for voice acting. He has what's called apraxia, which means he has difficulty moving smoothly from one sound syllable or word to another. Groping movements like with his jaw, lips, or tongue to make the correct movement for speech sounds are impaired. Essentially, he knows exactly what he wants to say. He knows exactly what's going on, but the words are trapped in his head. 
And when they do come out, it's usually too slurred to understand. He has a handful of words he says perfectly, but just a handful. He relies on all forms of nonverbal communication now. Thank God he's an actor and great at charades. And the P.O. Box is 23606 Overland Park, Kansas, zip code 66283. Once again, P.O. Box 23606 Overland Park, Kansas, 66283. Send him some cards and well wishes. Remind him that we all still love him and we enjoyed all of his work. But now it is time to go to the trailer park, and this time I know exactly which button to hit. Mama, another gator got in the house. Another gator? Give me that sugar. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. Well, so the big big trailer, really, was The Matrix Resurrections, which I had seen some things online where they had shown it at, I think, CinemaCon, perhaps. And I, I read some descriptions of some of the stuff, and I think I mentioned it uh, last show. I think I did mention and read over some of what I had read about it. But now we finally got a chance to look at it. I cannot play the audio because the majority of the audio is the White Rabbit song <laughs> there. I think by Jefferson Airplane, was it? I don't know. I've We played at the classic rock station I work at. But I, I because of licensing, I don't really think I can play that because it's just going to be playing the song. But this, I mean, it has raised a lot of questions because we see Neo is back and we see Trinity and some new characters, one uh, Neil Patrick Harris. We don't see Morpheus, but from what what I've learned from the Matrix Online game, which I never did play, Morpheus in a a major scene, that's the major story of it, is killed. So there is no Morpheus, but there is like a younger character who's similar to Morpheus that I wonder, is that maybe his son? It's hard to tell what era this is because we did learn in the second film. Uh, the Matrix Reloaded, that, the, I mean, they're in the sixth version of The Matrix, and it's been, who knows how many thousands of years that this has been the thing. And unless you've watched the Animatrix, the ending of the third film really doesn't make a lot of sense why they were able to settle on a piece. Because you really see the war between the humans and the the machines are, I mean, the, the humans were just as guilty of some things as the machines were. So it's kind of a... Striking back each other. Now, the, definitely the machines had won and had had some dominance. But they had come to an agreement. It's like, well, ever let the humans know that they're in a, in a program and they can choose to stay or not. That way they still they have their freedom. But if they want to stay in the Matrix, then okay, they can. And then, so how, how much time has actually passed here? Who knows? Because we have Neo again. Now, I guess that's why it's called Resurrections. And they're calling him Neo. But now at the end of the third film, the physical version of Neo, of course, he was blinded and dead. So is this the same Neo we know before and he just doesn't remember who he is? Is this the recycling of the one that the machines have continued to do? Are we on our seventh iteration of the Matrix now or eighth, perhaps? I guess a seventh iteration started at the end of the film where humans are actually supposed to be free. So what is going on here? Is this the same Trinity that we know? Because she does. She says, "Oh, well, do, do we know each other?" She says at one point where she kind of runs into Neo. Is Trinity actually part of this one program? Because the Oracle knew all about. Well, hey, Trinity will know the one because she's going to love him. So the Oracle, being a program herself, would know how this works. So the Oracle is one of the constructors of how to make the Matrix work. You know. So there's a lot of questions here that this really teased, and you know, I'm I'm curious. Uh, but a lot of this, it felt like the first movie all over again. You know, it's like the same story, except for he's already super powerful. 
And he just uh, forgot who he was. Something like that. And I have noticed one thing also. It, you know how the original films, they almost have a, uh, a greenish filter to everything? This, this doesn't have that filter. So it could be like the program that everybody lives in, The Matrix, you know, has been upgraded severely and it seems more real for everyone inside. Who knows? Uh, so this could be generations down the road that this takes place. But we will find out. This movie is supposed to come out uh, this December. Now, another film I didn't realize was coming. This is from 20th Century Studios. This is called Ron's Gone Wrong. And it has some serious vibes between Baymax and... Uh, anybody remember Short Circuit from the 80s? Yeah. There's two kinds of people, Dad. The ones who have a B-Bot and the ones who don't. Hey, guys. Oh, sorry. I'm in your shot. Oh, I have a filter for that. You Really? You need a Bebot to have a social life? Yeah, Dad, kind of. I, I don't want you addicted to some device. Yeah, though. No. Oh, Dad! Got you got me one! Hi, Barney. I'm your best friend out of my box. What are you doing? Your Bebot is like super weird. I am Barney's Bebot. Will you come to my secret shed and like him? No, no. no. Okay, Ron, a bunch of your code is missing. You're supposed to know everything about me. Hair, brown. Height, 4'11. 5'11 would be better. Girls would not laugh at you. Hey! Making friends is what he's for. Friend request? Friend request. If he can't do that, he's like literally pointless. Oh, Rose is pulling my head off! You can't pull his head off! We'll get in trouble! Okay, I cannot pull his head off. <laughs> I have no mega safety controls and stuff. Copy him. Find that code. Unlock, unlock, unlock. <laughs> I'd better look into that. You think? I'm not leaving you behind. They will send you to the crusher. We'll go to the crusher together. No, crushing is not fun. <laughs> not fun. Where is it? Find the rogue. We don't need anyone else. I currently have one friend. That is sad and also tragic. <laughs> no problem. Are we having fun with me? Buddy, how's the bebop? Both of you, it's where I can see him. <laughs> Maybe turn it off and on again. So that's it. That's Ron's Gone Wrong from 20th Century studios so i mean it's kind of a disney movie but it's also kind of not a disney movie you know what i mean so uh this could be fun it seems almost like they're trying to make a statement about how people are really kind of addicted to their devices a bit i don't know if that they're really making their case very well you know they do kind of make the joke you know, like when the father's saying something about it you know, he's also kind of there on, you hear his phone going off multiple times. So, I mean, there is a commentary about being addicted to a thing and how in order to be one of the cool kids, you have to have the latest new device. And they are, they're these little robots that are your little friends and they do everything your phone does. 
And I do see some social commentary really potential right there because we are kind of getting that way where and, and, and kids seem to feel like they have to have the latest tech. And even adults, we feel like we got to have the latest tech. I don't. <laughs> you know, my I've still got my old Samsung and I'm, I'm, I'm usually like one phone behind. Uh, I, tr- I, I try to make sure I'm interacting with the real world as much as I possibly can, even though here I am making a podcast and you're probably listening to it on your phone. But I mean, there's a difference between that and I think being flat out addicted. So to where you're dependent, I mean, we're, we're in a generation where everything is, I don't get on TikTok. I'm not doing that one, but all of your information is online. It's easily accessible. We kind of are always doing things on TikTok. People are doing crate challenges and all kinds of silly things, uh, all over, uh, trying to get attention. Maybe I need to do more of that to get more attention to this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> but that's the world that we live in, and I think there's some commentary that hopefully will point to, you know, let's make sure we're uh, living in the real world. I was actually even hearing a news story today where one school has decided to just ban smartphones. Say, no, you don't don't bring your smartphone in here. And they've noticed the kids are actually doing better in school now, and they're actually interacting more with the world. There's less distraction, and the kids have actually kind of liked it. From what, I don't know where this school is. I was hearing this on the radio this morning with our morning show. They were talking about this. So I wonder what would happen if uh, we tried this in a few other places. But we have uh, some, some other fun to have. I got a bad feeling about this. What is this place? Castle Vader! The galaxy's first all-inclusive luxury theme resort. Feel the power of the dark side at the Empire Emporium. Within these walls lies tales almost too terrifying to tell. Would you like to hear them? (laughs) Was that lightning inside? That's a big one! The legendary tales of the Sith speak of the thirst for power. So no. Join us then and take what you want. Will you please? <laughs> this isn't funny. The devotion of the undead. Rise! Rise! Uh-oh. And submit it for your approval. A tale of desire. I wish I was a pilot. Join the Imperial Academy. I will train you. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Is that really what happened? No, it's not. <laughs> So, what do you think? (laughs) A little on the nose is what I think. Everyone gets scared, kid. (laughs) Without fear, you can't have courage. So coming to Disney Plus on October 1st, that is Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. This has Poe Dameron going to uh, Mustafar, it looks like. It's it's Darth Vader's old uh, temple there where, where that we saw in Rogue One. And a, a hut has turned it into like a, a, a resort uh, of sorts. And it has somebody dressed as Palpatine who's telling stories that aren't quite exactly how things happen. 
Uh, and then it looks like we have some sort of zombified battle droids uh, arriving as well. So this looks to be a lot of silly fun. Uh, so it's, it's Lego Star Wars. You know it's going to be silly and it's going to be fun. I am looking forward to checking this out. October 1st, it begins streaming. And now, although I have no sounder for this, I know what we're going to do. It's a movie review. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I have that programmed into a button right there. So I might as well use it. Reminiscence. This uh, this was Hugh Jackman. It's his new film. Uh, it's available for just a limited amount of time now on HBO Max, and I believe it was out in theaters. I watched it on Amy uh, on uh, uh, on HBO Max. Uh, really, uh, I, I I thought you know, well, let me just see what it is. It was very very confusing uh, as far as what the um, the story was. Basically, you know, from the teaser. I didn't we really didn't play the teaser or the trailer or anything like that uh, as we worked into this movie because uh, it, it, uh, I didn't know if it was going to be a big thing and I thought well I'm curious because it, it was very vague. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Now the interesting thing is like Rotten Tomatoes has got it currently at 37 percent, Metacritic at 47 percent. It's got a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. But yet, seventy percent of people liked this movie. I actually would rank it higher. This was one of the best movies I had actually seen this year, in my opinion. It stars Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, which some of you might remember her. Uh, she's hard to recognize, but she was in um, the Kid Who Would Be King. She played uh, Morgana in that. Uh, Hugh Jackman plays Nick Bannister, and the, the short description is Nick Bannister, a private investigator of the mind, navigates the darkly alluring world of the past by helping his clients access lost memories. Living on the fringes of the sunken Miami coast, his life is forever changed as he uncovers a violent conspiracy while trying to solve the mystery behind a client who has disappeared. Uh, this also has Thandwee Newton. She used to be Thandy Newton, and now they've put a W into her name. Uh, she might remember her from Interview with a Vampire. She was the slave girl. She also had a pretty good role in Mission Impossible 2 as the main love interest. Uh, we also get to see Natalie Martinez. Uh, a lot of interesting people in this cast. I really, really enjoyed this movie. I'm actually going to give it a five-star review right here uh, as I saw it available. Because it needs to have a few things. And some people do have some issues. I guess there's people who didn't like certain things. I don't want to spoil the ending or tell you anything about this. This had a bit of a Blade Runner feel, though, of being in the future and some certain technology and has, has done very film noir. But uh, Blade Runner, when it first came out, it's Blade Runner's a bit of a cult hit. There are people who are just who didn't quite latch on to it. So I think that's kind of what it's so when you know, Some people kind of didn't latch on to us, and then a lot of it's Really did enjoy what this film has to offer. But this is, it's a device that apparently had been used for interrogation because you can literally look into someone's memories. And as long as you know how to speak to the person, you can guide them into the memories and then they are able to record memories and uh, relive them. And uh, that is the beginnings of things. And then we, this Rebecca Ferguson plays this woman and she's really, she's a lounge singer. She, there's even one point she's wearing a red dress. It's very Jessica Rabbit. It was very, very cool. Uh, she's named May, but she comes in saying that she's missing her keys. And uh, she wants to get in reminiscence. And you find out a lot more of what goes on as it goes on and, uh, throughout the film. That's uh, quite the mystery. And I really enjoyed it. I was on the edge of my seat. My wife even came in towards the end and it brought her to tears because it's very uh, it's very powerful and very emotional. Uh, but yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, let me let me see what some of the bad review things well, apparently I need to enable ads in order to be able to see the 
Oh, for crying out loud. So the audience score they have right now is 39% and 37% on the tomato meter. Critic consensus, although Reminiscence isn't lacking narrative um, ambition, it's an uncertain blend of sci-fi action and noir thriller, mostly provokes memories of better films. Audience says Reminiscence has some great ideas, but clunky dialogue and flat characters keep the sci-fi noir from ever really coming to life. I can't say that I agree with any of that. <laughs> it's rated PG-13. Uh, I, I, Like I said, I really liked it. Cliff Curtis is in there. Uh, I had actually recognized him from uh, some other films. But yeah, it's kind of a lot of mixed reviews. But like I said, I really enjoyed it. I do recommend check it out, especially if you don't want to have to pay extra money. If you have an HBO Max account, go and check this out. And I'm really surprised of how many people uh, are not fans of this film. Because like I said, I really enjoyed it. The other film, the big one, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, I'm going to see what... <laughs> Let's see what people have been saying about this one because I, I'm curious now. Because here's another film that I absolutely adored this one. Then I wonder if, uh, oh, it's got an 8 out of 10 on IMDb and 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It says 93% of Google users have liked this movie. I think that's where that 70% of, of your users uh, enjoy, did enjoy this movie. Now, I am not that familiar with some of the world of Shang-Chi, and I believe we kind of dove into this a few episodes ago. Well, look, Marvel's got a list of characters. Uh, but I mentioned how I'm familiar, mainly familiar with Shang-Chi as he's the one that helped Spider-Man develop Spider-Fu when temporarily Spider-Man had lost his Spider-Sense. And Shang-Chi says you're relying way too much on your Spider-Sense. And so he taught him a new way to fight, uh, basically where he didn't need the Spider-Sense anymore. Uh, but this one, it was written by David Callahan, Destin Daniel Cretton, and uh, Andrew Alaman. Uh, director Destin Daniel Cretton was one of the writers. Produced, of course, by Kevin Feige and Jonathan Schwartz. This cast included uh, Simu Liu. I don't know if I'm saying that right. It could be Simu Liu. Aquafina, which she's not annoying in this. She plays Katie. He's his best friend. Which my wife thought, well, the, the love the love here, I didn't, I didn't get the love. And I said, they even tell you in the movie that they're not romantically involved. They're friends. Uh, Tony Leung, you have Michelle Yeoh, love seeing her pop up in that. Fala Chen, Mengar Zhang, Florian Montenu, and Ronnie Ching. Really, uh, some of the music I don't know fit in. Like at the end, there's kind of a hip-hop song, but it doesn't fit because this, although there's a little bit of time in some city areas and it does have that Marvel Universe feel, it becomes a kung fu fantasy. The description over here on Marvel.com says Marvel Studios Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings stars Simu Liu as Shang-Chi, who must confront the past he thought he left behind when he is drawn into a web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. The film also stars Tony Leung as Wenwu, Aquafina as Shang-Chi's friend Katie, and Michelle Yeoh as Xing Nan, as well as Fala Shen, Mingar Shang, well, I've already read all these names, and it's going to do again. But Wenwu, uh, they handled how the um, third Iron Man film kind of tiptoed around the, the concept of the Mandarin. Uh, I think they're afraid that the Mandarin might be considered a, um, maybe a racial stereotype. And so they kind of make fun of it being an orange. Uh, and, and when was basically like, yeah, what? they thought I was really called the Mandarin, like an orange or something, because yeah, they totally ripped me off with their fake videos. And that was not me and my 10 rings. Uh, but you know, Mandarin is also a language in China. I think it's a province in China even, but I mean, it's not, it's not just an orange. So, but I think they were afraid of, you know, they didn't want to offend anybody in China because 
China is Disney's bread and butter, and that's where they make their money. And uh, I don't want to get into all, of course, the human rights violations China is guilty of, all that stuff. There's a whole, you can get into a whole thing, including their concentration camp that they have of uh, certain people. Uh, there's a lot of things wrong with China. So kissing up to China, not really a, a fan of. But this, the um, the fantasy put around Kung Fu uh, is really a wonderful area to mess with. If you Like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, a fantastic film. I love that one. This this. Had shades of that just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, with, with great combat, great fantasy, fairy tale storytelling at times. Really enjoyed it. And then, of course, the surprise appearance of Sir Ben Kingsley as Trevor Slatterly. Picking up where he left off, and actually on Disney Plus, you can watch now his, um, his little Marvel short. I did go back and watch it, where you get to see where he ended up, where he is in this film. I don't want to say too much, because I don't really want to spoil anything. But I... Loved, loved, loved this film. I do highly recommend it. It was a great production, uh, great effects, great combat, a uh, very fun uh, final battle. You know, it, we we get a battle of big monsters kind of at the end uh, with humans involved, and it it was I I really enjoyed it. Just everything about this movie, it was just that much fun. But with that being said, I think I'm going to wrap everything up right there. Uh, of course, we do want to thank you, Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite and Wall Show for their contributions to our opening uh, sounder there. They did, there are, those are the voices that you hear. In case you didn't realize, that's what it was. <laughs> so, I, of course, I want to thank them for that. Uh, of course, remember, you can email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Hopefully, I'll see it. I get a lot of spam in that, so I don't usually see stuff. But you can still find us, twitter.com slash neverlandpcast, facebook.com slash neverlandpodcast. Also, we do have a Facebook group if you look in groups under Neverland Podcast. You can leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. Come to the website, neverlandpodcast.com, and join the Neverlanders. You just need a nickname because every lost boy or pixie has to have a nickname. That's why I'm called the Spider Fan. It's a nickname. Also, please donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast. Also, if you visit neverlandpodcast.com, you'll see right there my podcast reviews. If you happen to have a podcast yourself, my podcast reviews for, uh, I'm, all, I'm paying like $50 for the year. And I get every review sent. I can get it emailed to me from around the world because you know what? iTunes actually separates from different countries the different reviews. So you might not be seeing every review you get. And they even give you an, an easy way to just share it directly on your website, all your reviews. So, yes, my podcast reviews. If you go to the website, you can click a link right there and go and take a look. But until we see you next time, get lost in an adventure. 